Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 902, Woo! August 11th, 2022. 97 degrees on this day. That was in 1947. That was the third day in a row for 1947. They had quite a summer. Seven warm weather records for this neck of the woods were established in 1947. Interesting. And it was uh, 47 degrees on two occasions, 1968 and the year 2000. Both of them covered by Aquaside. They've been keeping your beaches and swimming areas free of weeds and gunk and munk and algae and muck and you name it. Mm, They've been keeping those beaches free for more than 60 years with lake and pond control products that take care of everything. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work quickly, so there's still time this summer to free up your beach of the junk that frightens the children. The Aquaside is registered with both the EPA and DNR. It's a White Bear Lake company. The products are made in White Bear Lake, so there's no you can get this stuff quickly shipped to you. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside today. Uh, describe exactly what you think the problem is. Then they'll straighten you out and tell you what the problem Copy. is. Then they'll get you the right products, and your place will look great all the rest of the summer long. Call Aquaside at one 800 328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media John Hyde in the newsroom and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop here is your flashlight king Fireworks Commissioner and Keeper of Common Sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Twins lost again last night. Come on. Oh, it was closer this time, at least. They looked like a couple of lovely evenings in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. When's their last rainout? Someone asked me that. That's a great question. So? I bet it's been a while. I'm going to look that up right yeah. now. It's oh. not important, though, oh, is it, Chris? It's very important. It's very pressing for today. Now they have Politics. another off day. When? And it sounds like Buxton is very questionable uh, yeah. to play because of his knee problems. Uh, what a shame. They're now out of first place. Does he have bilateral no. leg weakness? No, he's got some sort of swelling behind the patella. He, yeah, okay. he ran into a fence again for no reason. Yeah. You mean like not even chasing a fly? Wow. Fall Wait, ball? You, you what, just what? What? The most recent rainout at Dodger Stadium. Take a guess. 1966. Oh, for God's sake, it hasn't been that long. I don't know. 67? Johnny? 2006. Thank you, Johnny. You're more reasonable. The most recent rainout at Dodger Stadium happened on April 17th of the year 2000. I uh, I get that in my emails, too, that I'm the most reasonable one here. Do you? I don't think you do. I didn't send Trust it. me. I got about three of them this week if you'd like to see them. Let's revisit an old theme of Garage Logic. Which theme? It's not a, we're not a serious country. We're not serious about things. We're, as the crime rate soars, New York governor has decided, uh, Kathy Hochul, has signed a law that stipulates inmates in her state will now be referred to as incarcerated individuals <laughs> uh, that will do nothing to stop violent crime. According to a statement released by her office, Hochul claims that the language change will help justice-involved persons. Huh? Oh, my 
my God. Justice-involved persons feel better about themselves. Uh-huh. They don't give a shoot. And may perhaps Careful. encourage them to engage more seriously in their rehabilitation efforts. Individuals impacted by the criminal justice system have long noted that terms such as felon, inmate, prisoner, and whatnot perpetuate the idea that the incarcerated should be demonized and stigmatized. This language change within state law will reduce stigma against people involved in the justice system. We're not a serious country. We are that not. That's dumb. Yeah. Every That's one of those inmates or incarcerated... Well, just like in St. Paul, gang members are group-involved individuals. Right. They they really don't give a rat's behind what you call them. They're just going to keep doing what they're doing. Along those lines, Steve Mulholland from the Belly of the Beast in the Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis writes, For your review, I have a definition of data-driven approach as it pertains to crime. Remember yesterday we were yep. wondering what that means. Yep. A process by which public officials refrain from enforcing the law so that the data will reflect a drop in crime in a given municipality. In other words, no arrests, no convictions, no crime to see here. Hmm. He's not far off the mark. What el- what can data-driven mean? We're not a serious country. The we're ep- not going to witness the gunfire on the corner. We're going to turn to what we're calling data. It's meaningless. <sighs> And Julie wants us to know, and she's right, I don't deserve what I'm getting. Hmm. My esteemed mayor is a resident of Minneapolis who lives across the river from some of the state's tallest buildings. I was disappointed to hear you declare several times during the show that Minneapolis will get what it deserves. That statement is unfair because it throws all of us into the same overflowing basket of unenlightened, chronic DFL voters who would never think of voting for anyone their party did not endorse. Keep in mind that 55,217 people in Minneapolis or a neighboring suburb voted against Ilhan Omar and for Don Samuels. I am one of those people. We do not deserve what we have been getting since she was elected to office, and we do not deserve what we will continue to get now that she has won the primary. Thank you very much. Also, I'm hoping that you won't continue to judge the chances of the Republican candidate, Cicely Davis, strictly by looking at the number of voters who chose the Democratic column on Tuesday. I chose to vote Democrat at the primary because I'm an independent voter and I wanted to do anything I could to keep Ellison and Omar from running again. That, that sentence makes no sense. I chose to vote Democrat. Sure, sure it does. What, what's that mean? Didn't didn't you? Well, she was trying to vote against them so that they wouldn't be on the ballot in November. So oh, I see. So she voted for their Democratic like. opponents. Yeah. yeah. Didn't you have that thought in the booth? I did. I now did. that you mentioned yeah, it, I did. I yeah. chose to vote Democrat at the primary because I'm an independent voter, and I wanted wanted to do anything I could to keep Allison and Omar from running again. Having failed to do that, I will vote for their Republican opponents in November. Excuse me. Perfect health. I know it may be in vain, but I will at least be able to sleep at night. Perhaps you could express a little sympathy for those of us who live in (laughs) Minneapolis and manage to remain enlightened thinkers, even though our chosen place of residence may lead you to believe otherwise, pushing back from Minneapolis, Julie B. Well, Julie, you're right. I do feel for you. And those are the people we should feel bad for in the small businesses and things like that. But unfortunately, the idiots outweigh those that are rational thinkers like Julie. Mm Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, or not outweigh, outnumber. That's the right word. We're not a serious country. No. We are not a serious country. 
nearly 30 self-described civil rights and health groups have written a letter mm-hmm. to the U.S. Department of Agriculture mm-hmm. asking it to combat dietary racism <laughs> by including soil milk by including wow. soil milk as an alternative to cow milk in its national school lunch program. Did you just say soils milk? Soil. Yeah. S-O-Y. Soy. Soy, soy milk. I'm sorry. Did I say soil? Hey, you want a nice cup of soil milk? It's a little dark today. Soy. I apologize. Soy. Not as clear as I'd normally like it. The letter claims that fluid milk from cows, which the USDA considers a vital component of wholesome meals, is not a viable option for many black, Hispanic, and Native American school children who experience lactose intolerance at much higher rates than whites. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Is that true? I guess it is. I can't. If black lives matter, so does our health and nutrition, but the National School Lunch Program has consistently failed children of color, said Milton Mills, a Washington, D.C. urgent care physician. The group Switch for... Didn't uh, Michelle Obama run the school lunch program? She did. Not only did she run it, she ruined it. Well, wouldn't you think Michelle would have taken uh, BIPOC people into consideration and their need for soy milk? You would think this is dietary racism. Racism. This is this is the real deal. The group Switch for Good, the numeral four, which signed the letter and with which Mills is affiliated, calls privileging cow milk over soy milk an example of dietary racism. (laughs) We're not a serious country. We're just not a serious (laughs) country. We don't have serious people in our institutions. Our institutions aren't serious. Full disclosure, in our home, we are an almond milk family. I don't know what that that is. I don't know how you milk an almond, but we are an almond milk family. Uh, You you just wanted to use that line, didn't you, Chris? (laughs) Family members in my home do have almond milk. I'm a... I need yeah. a, a sing, half gallon of skim milk. And it's because I, I all four of us are lactose intolerant. Yeah. Well, you're Mine white. Right, How could you be lactose intolerant? Well, that's true. Does that mean I'm double racist? I think so. Probably. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Children's Hospital website, I find this hard to believe, and I'll, I'll further uh, look here, but it says 80%, that's 8-0, of all African Americans and Native Americans are lactose intolerant. Well, let's get Over in the n- damn soy milk then. Over 90% okay. of Asian Americans are but lactose Why is it that difficult just to have options? Why are we committing dietary racism? That is a good, better point. <laughs> Nothing was better, though, when you came around the corner and uh, for lunch at the high school, a grade school, Sloppy Joe's. Sloppy Joe's were just That a, wasn't a good what? lunch, man. Kick-ass lunch. Are you no, kidding me? It? You're out of your mind. That's like Spanish rice. You're out of your mind. What Sloppy Joe's? <laughs> and now I'm not talking manwich. I'm talking about the good stuff. That was uh, pleasing. No, square rectangle pizza day. That was the best day. Oh, my Lord. We didn't I have any of school. that. What, your brown bacon? <laughs> yeah, you did lunch pail with Charles Ingalls? Hey, what's in your lunch pail? Well, Mommy made me a ham sandwich again. A we got sandwich. leftover fried chicken. <laughs> and he, Joe brought a ham sandwich on white bread, uh, chips, yep. and... Uh, some kind of fruit, like a right. grape, Wait, just like just, he does today. Are exactly exactly you talking like about today, today, or are you talking about? Yeah, we. I and it was ate, a legitimate pail too. It was like I, a little lunch pail. I ate lunch at school. Yeah, whatever they had. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I got you. I did. Okay, I did. I went home. Sorry. 
In addition to the lactose problem, the letter to the USDA also takes issue with the hoops that students must jump through in order to receive a cow milk alternative at lunch. In other words, you can get the soy milk. The USDA does compel schools to collect a note from a parent or guardian whenever a student requests a cow milk alternative. It also states that a note from a medical professional may be used to support a fluid milk substitution for a non-disability reason, although such a note is not required. It is patently discriminatory. To require a doctor's note for a nearly ubiquitous condition, the letter states, black, Native American, Asian, and Latino kids are being punished for their race and heritage. You really think they're being punished? I don't. I think "punish" is a is a pretty heavy word. Hey, you guys, we got a lot of BIPOC kids in school. Let's make sure that they get really screwed up because we know they're lactose intolerant. Let's punish <laughs> Let's the punish hell out right. of them. You See people, you we're not, we don't live in a serious Stupid country. Kids, words are used incorrectly. Yep. Meanings are are uh, tossed out the window. Thank you. Yep. It, it, we don't live in a serious country. You are punished. You're punished because apparently you have to get a note from mom to say, hey, give my kids soy milk. You're and, punished. And they're not even learning cursive. No, they're not learning anything. Or how to spell. You don't want to spell it like that? Oh, don't worry about it. We'll just get you some soy milk. If, if 30 million <laughs> kids uh, depend on the National School Lunch Program, get them the damn soy milk. Let's go. You're not punishing anybody. Right. You morons. Other groups who signed the letter include Progressive Democrats of America, of course, the Maryland chapter of the NAACP, the Center for a Humane Economy, whatever the hell that means, and the National Action Network Washington Bureau, which was founded by the Reverend Al Sharpton. What was it? The Center for the what? I got to look this up. The National Action Network Washington Bureau. Mm. The Center for the Humane Society? No, that was the Center for a Humane Economy. Economy. Yeah. Econ- you know, all these groups, I should have been able to get a PR job 20 years ago. No doubt. You think yeah, right. Doing this. Center for <laughs> See, I lived through that phase of American newspapering when uh, uh, newspaper people routinely left for yeah. PR jobs. Yeah. Routinely really? left for, well, because they paid, paid more. Paid better, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And a starving reporter, huh? That's right. Hmm. That's right. Who would moonlight as a uh, wait a minute North Star Confidential? The Center for a Humane Economy. Right. What do you got? I'm on Give their me the summary. Site. Are you ready? Yeah. The center does it have the word equity in it? Uh, oh, I'm sure I can find it here somewhere. Well, they have several divisions. This is the Washington Bureau. This is Sharpton's deal. I yeah. went to the Center for a Humane Economy website. Okay. Clicked on about us. Yep. The center is the first nonprofit animal welfare organization that focuses on influencing the conduct of corporations to forge a humane economic order. I see. Benchmark standards, Joe. Mm-hmm. So they're involved in the, I'm sorry, Chris, the no milk thing because of cows. I'm sure the treatment of cows is what they uh, are against. Developing specific and practical measures for companies to track and normalize animal welfare practices yeah. internally. We're not a serious country. Analyzing business practices across animal impact industries and issuing <laughs> this is complete nonsense. 
Wow. Well, when you're not a serious country, most things are complete nonsense. And since they're a .org, they're obviously um, funded. I'm sure. By uh, our money. Carrie writes us, because we're not a serious country. I'm entering a new era with my kid. He's starting preschool in a couple of weeks. The other evening, the school invited all the kids and parents to come to the school's playground to meet each other. Hmm. It was great until I struck up a conversation with two seemingly sane parents about their daughter, who was dressed up head to toe in a Minnie Mouse attire. Hey, I'm thinking, <laughs> I like Disney. These people must like Disney. Let's talk. What I got instead was an earful of Florida bashing, Ron DeSantis hating rhetoric. All I did was ask if they liked Disney World. What a bunch of pompous, pretentious nincompoops. Did they really need to tell me how they despise Ron DeSantis while our kids were playing in a sandbox? I might be homeschooling by the time this year is up. Let's hope not. Hmm. You know, she. I have an interesting observation to make about her note. Uh, she also noted that it was at a Catholic school in St. Paul. Okay. I, I guess that's apropos of nothing. You're not safe from all the BS no matter where you go. Right. Uh, when, when you have a mother like Carrie, who we know, yep. right? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, and we have, Julie is another mom, but she settled it. She homeschools. Uh, when you have these women, if not fathers, who are really hip to what's happening, that we're not a serious country, that the academy has failed, that the academy is the true root of all evil uh, in, in turning the culture upside down. Their experience uh, getting their kids educated is going to be something extraordinary for them to go through. It really is. They're already vigilant people. So now they got to turn it up to 11. Oh, yeah. You know, you're on 10 now. You go spinal tap now on the it. kid, now the it. kids at school. It. Now it's up to eleven. Yep. And you got to pay attention every single day, and and it's going to be. And I think this could be. You want a bright? Is this Thursday? Today's Thursday. You yes. want a positive mm-hmm. note? Positive Thursday. Yes. What do you got? There's probably more carries and Julia's out there than we imagine. There is. Yeah. And your your wife would be one of them. Mm-hmm. You are one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh. Where was I going? Positive uh, th- thought. Positive thought, positive Thursday, the America. There, these are the people who, by their very pushing back, mm-hmm. can really go a long way to saving this country. They can, they can uh, demand a return to some sort of degree of normalcy in these schools. Uh, and then maybe the parents who want to take this opportunity to bash Ron DeSantis because they're so woke and in favor of Disney's not very serious postures on the culture. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll uh, begin to quit showing up at the playground and venting their distaste for Ron DeSantis and the like. But the but the job these mothers are going to have is Mo- extraordinary. Mo- motion to make an amateur link. You may. Wow, danger. Be very careful. Danger. Very careful. <laughs> is this analogous? The way that the failed academy has been getting away with it is analogous to the way that this political movement has been able to get away with it. In that, not enough people are paying attention. Not enough parents are paying attention in the schools, whether it's work, what have you. And not enough people are paying attention. Thus, what did we have in the primary? Nationwide, we had less than 18% turnout. 
in the, in the metro that was true, 18.2%. Pretty good, Reeves. Thank you. I thought mm-hmm. you were like James Bond running across a pond full of alligators as he ran on their back, and you were about to <laughs> jump right in. <laughs> Thank you. Do I get the babe at the end of it? Yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> that, that, your link is accurate. That and the fact that the failed academy is in concert with the third rail. Yes. The failed academy is in concert with the government. And it's a disaster. And what the likes of these carries of the world are going to discover is that this disaster no longer has boundaries. You are not safe in preschool. The failed academy is attracted to its ranks. People who will think of think of what she's got to watch out for. The uh, the gender ideology movement. Mm-hmm. Right. What's your pronoun? The gender bleeping ideology movement, which I still don't have my head wrapped around. Why why adults would be so keen on introducing this to children. I know you I, I don't hate, get it. I you, don't get it. You hate social media, but there is a viral TikTok video of a mother. I got your TikTok right here. Right preparing here. dinner, yeah. and she's bragging about how her, I believe, eight-year-old son, today he felt like a girl. Mm-hmm. So I dressed him up like a girl and sent him off to school, and I'm thinking, you're you're bragging about, about that? Eight-year-olds don't know what, what they're supposed to be. See, she went a couple of steps too far. It's, it's okay that the kid felt like a girl. Sure. That'll happen. But you don't rush to... Why are you in such a hurry to reinforce that? Let the kid feel like a girl for a few hours, and the next thing you know, he's back to hitting a baseball. You know what? It's well, like, girls can hit baseball, too. I know that, you four-in women. It's just like planners always told us, right, Rook? Sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes, sometimes you, you don't. don't. That was Mounds. Oh, I'm enjoying Dang it. Um, I don't think gator hooks will mind this. What if you're 53 and occasionally you feel like a, uh, you feel very feminine? I bet when it comes to you, uh, what have I said? One neuron shy. You know? Just one more neuron would have gone the other way and you'd be sitting here in a gown. Do you know what makes me feel like a man? What? Magnets. <laughs> Magnets always bring me back. Yeah, but I want gator oh, hooks yes. to, to accommodate this Magnets. complete email. Yes. Mark writes, I have a Liberty Safe, which a GLer could get at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Buy at least one size larger than you think, because you're going to need, than you need, because you will be amazed at the number of things you will want to keep out of reach of small hands. Keep safe from theft and protect in case of fire. Along with this safe, you will need some of the gator magnets to hang your gun cases and accessories on. Mm. I used to use those plastic sticky things, but they only hold about five pounds, so they keep falling off. They also don't look as great as the gator magnets. Gator magnets are a new way to create new storage wherever you have a steel surface that you can affix the magnet to. These aren't the Acme cartoon horseshoe magnets with the red tips. These are magnets that, uh, with a patented technology, they showed us these things. There's there's multiple... See, magnets have poles. North pole and a south pole. Right, right. They pack their magnets with poles. I've seen it with my own eyes. You can't pull the damn thing off unless you cleverly just lift the little plastic lever which releases the magnet, and then what do you do? You move it to a different area because you know that area is where I need the storage. It needs to go there today. Oh, it is very cool. Yes. Yeah, very cool. It turns any metal surface in your garage uh, into a place to hang stuff. How about their accessories, too? 
Oh, they're going to They got have, a full line of accessories yes, coming up. Yeah, so. you got to get to the website, which yes. I'll get to in a moment. But in the meantime, you can turn your toolbox, steel shelves, cabinets, workbenches, fire doors, second fridges and freezers into useful storage space. You can take them out to the job site and hang them off the side of your pickup truck because you know guys who do that, right? Mm-hmm. You got to check this out. Go to gatormagnetics.com and see gator hooks in action. This is a boom, bang, boom. It's gator hooks from gatormagnetics.com. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now. And the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. And you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Trying to figure out who this sounds like. I don't mean this as an insult because I'm kind of... I love it. There's a Taylor Swift song that this reminds me of that's pretty good. The, the beat, not the lyrics or anything else I like that. I guarantee he's never, no, I know never that. heard a Taylor Swift but song. The, the, well... The beat for Sounds me. Sounds like Tears for Fears, according I, to Candy. And I, I, I like Tears for Fears, Zach. I was going to go early 90s. I was going to, yeah. it has an early 90s vibe. Now I got to send Dylan a text and say, I'm not trying to insult you saying you sound like Taylor Swift. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he won't care. I know he won't. He loves you, Chris. Thanks. Paul in Dylan Dallas too. writes, alarming climate change article. See attached. This came out on my 23rd birthday. I'm a healthy 56 now. He's down in Dallas. Associated Press. UN predicts disaster of global warming not checked. June 29th, 1989. United Nations Dateline AP. A senior UN environment ofi- environmental official says entire nations could be wiped off the face of the earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend is not reversed by the year 2000. Hmm. Did that happen? It did. In 2000. So we got wiped off. We're not here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. How about that? So I don't have to pay any of so, my bills then. Some weird alternative universe, huh? Hmm. Why did I know from day one this was BS? <laughs> you flipped a coin uh, and guessed, it didn't right? Know. I just, the smell <laughs> test. It, it just it, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense because we're not a serious country. We're not a serious people. We don't have serious leaders. We don't have serious institutions. We don't have a serious academy. We don't have a serious judicial system. We don't have a serious grasp on crime. It's not crime. It's organized group activity. Well, that, it's a group involved individuals. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, that's it. And they're justice involved. Ah. 
they're just as involved. And when you're burning down buildings uh, in a riot, that's not, that's peaceful, pro- mostly peaceful protesting, correct? That is correct. Okay. Mostly. <laughs> mostly. From the Australian Spectator. Uh <sighs> The release of the Australian Institute of Marine Sciences. Did I cover this the other day about the coral reef? Yes. Well, I have more. Oh, I was about to hit the button. The oh, release wait. of the Australian Institute <laughs> of the Marine Science Annual Summary Report on Coral Reef Condition for 2021-22 has exposed a major scandal in Australian environmental management. Not only is the reef recovered from damage 10 years ago, it is at record levels. This should revolutionize how the Great Barrier Reef is managed and end some executive employment. We use cookies to help our website work. To, no, I don't need to read that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't need yeah, that. Yeah. Jeez. It makes me hungry. Will you explain to us how cookies work on no. a website? While the revealed health of the reef is a matter for celebration, it is also a major scandal that the recovery, which... Uh, was underway since 2012, has not been celebrated by AIMS. Instead, AIMS, which is an acronym and I don't know for what, appear to have kept it quiet. The last time they published aggregated figures for the reef was 2016-17 in the lead-up to the 2019 election when the reef was an issue for voters. Since then, we've had five years of catastrophism culminating in the most recent threat to UNESCO to list the reef as endangered. And the only reason we now have aggregated figures for the whole reef is because Peter Ridd took the AIMS data and did it for us. Someone has to be held responsible for this dereliction of duty. Abnormal involuntary movement scale. No. Hey. The Australian Institute of Marine Science. Oh, oh! Can the reef be used? This can the reef use this good news to break away from its captors? Perhaps there are some financial incentives for the federal government to revise its policies on the reef. Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers is looking for savings he can make in this October's budget. There is somewhere around a billion dollars he can recover for money that has been promised to save the Great Barrier Reef. Because it's not needed. Hmm. What's more, by reversing the public relations polarity on the reef, Chalmers should be able to turn it into a profit center, generating tax revenue from tourists coming to see the resurrected reef and visiting science delegations trying to duplicate the miracle. And then graphs are provided, and uh, and it says, by clicking accept, you agree. Well, oh, that's a different thing. Uh, in other words, the reef has been fine, but the scaremongers have kept that quiet. And now that's breaking news in Australia that uh, you don't need to spend any more money on this. Acute readers will realize this recover coincides with the elections uh, with the election of Tony Abbott as prime minister and was accelerating while Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbill Turnbull was prime minister, yet it didn't stop Turnbill dedicating $444 billion to saving the reef. <laughs> wow. Where did that, that money go? But then it's never been about the reef. When labor is in power, the Greenies and international Malthusians go quiet. This is their side in power, and they hope to get what they want through stealth and negotiation. When the coalition is in power, all hell breaks loose, even when, as we can see, reality contradicts the narrative. The really stunning thing about this graph, it's a graph of the wreaths, the reef's health, 
is that the reef saved itself before any of the loony God complex schemes hatched by environmentalists have had any chance to be implemented. Ideas like shading the Great Barrier Reef or pumping cold water into it so it doesn't suffer from bleaching or transplanting bleach-resistant corals. It turns out that nature and evolution, or perhaps God, is more than up to the job without person kind's intervention. Hmm. And all this while, Adani has started up its operation, and we are shipping more coal and gas through the reef than ever before, and sugar production is on an uptrend. It's clear that the industries fitted up with the demise of the reef can't be blamed for anything. Hmm. <laughs> it's just amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the entrenched academic and ideological interests are determined that good news is bad news. So we are told that while the cover may have rebounded, it is the wrong sort of corals and that things could be easily reversed. They can't accept the good news because it blows them out of the water and ruins their paycheck. Because this, folks, I know I'm speaking to the choir, but you must spread the news to people on the playground dressed up in Minnie Mouse costumes. (laughs) This movement has nothing to do with the environment. It's a money grab. It's new forms of taxation. It's a new form. It's the last stand of Marxism. It's control of behavior. It's it's on and on and on. And this has nothing to do with the environment. It may also be the case that the measurement of the reef tainted by ideology and confirmation uh, and confirmation bias. The reef is. surveyed by using a manta toe to drag a snorkeler behind a slow-moving boat. That swimmer, probably a junior scientist or intern, makes an estimate of the amount of coral cover. I've queried Peter Ritt about this subjective method, and he estimates that it may have a plus or minus 10% measurement error, which doesn't stop Ames expressing cover to one decimal point a rookie statistics error. That means the 10% minimum cover around 2012 may actually have been 20%. At the time, the narrative was that the reef had virtually vanished, a thriving tour boat industry to the contrary. Our snorkeler would have felt pressure to come up with a low figure that might explain it. In the last few years, Peter Ridd and Jennifer Morhasi, under various IPA programs, have been fact-checking claims of reef degradation, through direct observations and many documentaries like Finding Priorities. Now when you're towed over the reef, the existence of auditors might be running around in the back of your mind and there would be pressure to overestimate cover. So the 30% cover estimate now might be only 27%. Uh, That goes on to say... Uh, accuracy and replicability do not appear to be the things that overly concern AIMS. Uh, And they go on to point out that uh, the reef is just great, so the extortion gig is up. But there are some things the treasurer could fruitfully redirect just a few dollars to. They say that you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Measurement of the reef is a mess, uh, and they have to go on to improve that. Uh, Anyway, the the, uh, Great Coral Reef is in fine fettle. And That's always a go-to, isn't it? The Great Coral Reef is always a... I'm sorry, the Great Barrier Reef. Great Barrier Reef. And uh, it uh, apparently has repaired itself because that's what nature does. That's what nature does. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's just tiring. It's, uh, we're not, we're not, it's, it's not only we're not a serious country, uh, we're not a serious people. Yeah. 
wherever you look. We allow these uh, greens to actually have an impact when they uh, they know nothing more about the environment than you or me. Do you remember a few minutes ago when I made that amazing amateur link? Let's well, not. Uh, wasn't yeah. that amazing? On, I wouldn't call it amazing. Oh, that's that kind far. of where I was getting at. Where don't you almost forgive some people for just feeling completely helpless and saying to hell with it? I don't. I don't want to be involved in all of this madness. Well, yeah, I understand that sentiment. It's not helpful. Eighteen percent of the populace voted. I understand it, but they don't have a podcast to do, Chris. Yeah. Right. We have to be involved uh, in this it. This is true. Excellent point, John. <laughs> this is like the madness of King George. What? In 1989, we were told the earth would uh, be in shambles by the year 2000. We've been told repeatedly that the Aust- the by the Australian Institute for Marine Science that the Great Barrier Reef has been ruined by global warming and mankind. It is not the case. Just as it was the case in 1989 that the prediction was hysterical and ridiculous and the product of not serious people. Right. Serious people check facts. Serious people. Here, let's see. Uh, that was 19. What did you say? 89? Weigh evidence. 89? What was it? 89, you said? 1989. Okay, 89. You got your sheet? Well, that's your sheet. Yeah. I just took it off your bulletin board. Rising sea levels will obliterate nations if nothing done what by year 2000. Was that? that was also 1989. Yep. Uh, do you want me to go? Do you want me to go backward in time, or yeah. do you want me to go forward go in time? Go backward. Let's go to 1988. Temperatures in D.C. will hit record highs, and soil will disintegrate. No, soil is gone. No. 1988 also predicted regional droughts that never happened by the 1990s. Bum, bum, well, bum. California's got a nasty one going now. That's true. 1978, no end in sight to 30-year cooling trend. There it is. Well, wait a minute. It there. was global cooling. <laughs> wait a minute. Now, that's not scary enough. Um, it's not, because a blue planet is gentle. A red planet is evil and fraught scary. with oh, danger. Oh, 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 this is my favorite one. 2002. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that long ago. No, 20 years. They also claimed we only have 10 years in 2002. Well, we, we're still here. Oof. Well, wait, no, we didn't yeah. make it past. No, we're not here. That's okay. right. We're not here. Uh, famine in 10 years if we don't give up eating fish, meat, and dairy. Didn't come true, did it? In 2004, uh, this Brit- is your last one. Okay, right. sorry. In 2004, Britain will become <laughs> Siberia. By 2024. Really? So they only have two years oh, left. That's oh, yeah. My God, they're experiencing a very warm summer in the UK. Arctic will be ice-free by 2018. That was also in 2004. That didn't work out. I think it's still Arctic, isn't it? Yeah. I think it's still got the ice. It's got some ice. What did you say about soil? Soil it's- is people. No, I thought soil was milk. <laughs> or is that soil and green? Soy. Oh, not- soil and green is people. Soil milk. I'm thinking oh, chunks of it away. <laughs> I'm glad they referred to it to as fluid milk because that's better than chunky milk. Ooh, Chunks yeah. of soy, I don't or like with chunky. curds in it. You know, ooh. Ooh, curds ooh. and whey. What is whey? Whey is a uh, kind of a wheat thing. Okay, uh, eating you know, your curds uh, and whey. Kind of a I always saw chunky milk. For I don't that know one. what whey is. Yeah. Is, is it whey? Like it's like yeah, an oatmeal. I'll look it up here. Something like you guys that. like buttermilk. Speaking, of I don't like milk. anything no. with the word butter in it. You're weird. Oh God, I used to love buttermilk. No, that's your weird. Buttermilk was good for pancakes, but you couldn't really. You couldn't really eat it. How about buttered microwave popcorn? You're wrong. That's Whey not good. is the liquid That's remaining favorite after milk has been curdled and strained. Yeah. Really? Joe, Joe, you weren't even close. Come of on, manufacturing of cheese or casein Whey. and has several commu- commercial uses. You know, so, huh. one of my favorite 
early introductions to the mayor. This was almost 15 years ago. Rook, you probably remember what this. I was podcasting a different show. I was editing up, and I was at the little workstation that was next to the old AM yeah. control room there. Right. And all of a sudden, we didn't I didn't have podcasts 15 years ago. I was podcasting our radio show that oh. I did down the hall at the other station. Yeah. And I hear the AM studio door fling open in a thud. And I hear. Oh, yeah. Well, Sniffer. Sniffer was out there. Who's microwaving bleeping popcorn? Yeah, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> my, my, my desk was right outside that door, and every yeah. now and then I, I hear, <laughs> smells like somebody threw up out here. Yeah, don't make that joke. stuff. Well, it was always like vomit. If somebody threw in some leftover fish in the microwave <laughs> or something like that, that, uh, that had tended to uh, that brought me out upset of my the mayor. Capsule, yeah, yeah he it? sniffed it out right away. You got the good sniffer. Yeah. Yeah. Let's come back with Johnny Heights News. Positive Thursday means one thing. It means we check in with Mike Schoonover of Schoonover Body Works and Glass up in Shoreview, the go-to place for all garage logicians. Mike, um, Kenny's not here today. Stop, 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 here stop. Comes Why rookie. are you talking? I'm not. I have to talk to Mike. I'm shutting my mic up. Please, Reavers, um, have some respect for me, please. Mike, it's Rook. I've got a couple of... Uh, Procedure questions for you. Now, I know that you've already worked on my daughter's 2020 Jeep Wrangler. Uh, it, it, you, you did a fantastic job. Now, first and foremost, she did have a little curb problem with the rim, <laughs> so she might have to come and see you. And don't worry, it's just the passenger side. It's not the driver's oh, side. Okay. So uh, there, there may need well, some rim work done. How do, what do you guys do for rims when you hit a curb? Well, there's two ways of either you can fix it with, uh, you know, just minor, minor body work and, and refinishing work, uh, or if it's really bad, like, uh, you know, gouged or dented or something along those lines where the structure of the wheel is bad and it's going to vibrate, uh, then we need to replace it. But uh, most curb rashes can be fixed relatively oh. easy. I didn't know we have a, call it a curb Is rash. Is it a curb rash or a curb break based You're, on McLaren's driving uh, skills? Well, it's a, it might be just a light <laughs> rash. I think she would go for repair rather than ah. replace. But, uh, okay, that's the first question I had. Now, we also have a 2018 Jeep Wrangler uh, that my son drives, and unfortunately, his best friend's dad backed the trailer into <laughs> the driver's side door. So we have to get that fixed. Now, the process there is I've got to get in touch with his insurance. How does that work? Uh, that's correct, and I love it when people drive trailers. That is just fun to watch. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> I should say I love watching people back up trailers. Yes, yes, 100%. Um, stand clear. Uh, no, so just exchange, you know, get his insurance information, and then the uh, whether it's your company or his company, to us, it really doesn't matter in the initial, uh, you know, trying to identify what kind of damage you got, what we need to do, how much is going to cost, what parts we need, all that kind of stuff. Okay. We can get the details of who the insurance is later and, uh, and then work with them. So, you know, if it's, uh, you know, his insurance company is, you know, XYZ, we just need that, that adjuster's contact information phone number, email address, and we can forward the estimate and the photos off to them and work it out with them so you don't have to worry about anything. That's 100% customer service, so I don't really have to lift a finger. I just need to say, this is XYZ Insurance Group. This is their thing. You guys go ahead and do your stuff, and then you call me and say, yeah. uh, it's all done. Thanks, Rook, for the business. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, Rook, here's what you can do. You can go to schoonoverbodyworks.com and click on the uh, online estimate request. And that on, and then what you'll do is follow the directions. I know that's hard for you sometimes, <laughs> but you got to follow the directions. It's like you've known Take me my picture. whole life, Mike. <laughs> I've listened to you, uh, but uh, we'll we'll you'll take pictures. We'll identify the damage. It'll come to me, and we'll write up an estimate, and we'll get things rolling. So, uh, Rook, you don't even have to leave the friendly confines of St. Paul to come down and see me and Shirley. Well, I know where I know exactly where you are, and if I left breadcrumbs, I could go out there and find you. But uh, I mm-hmm. I appreciate the fact that Schoonover Body Works is a fantastic uh, outfit. That you know what makes it so much easier for you just because you know what you're doing every day. I don't. People that have cracked windshields, uh, uh, um, uh, rim rashes, etc., mm-hmm. they don't know the, the how easy it is. GLers, they can deal with both Rookie and Roycey. That's how customer-friendly that they are. Call the rim department. That's going over <laughs> Body Works. Well, Mike, thank you for uh, uh, entertaining my... Uh, um, thoughts and my worries. And next week he's only going to have four other cars for you to work on, Mike. I do have a Volks- All right, I like it. I do have a Volkswagen Jetta that does need a new windshield, but let's uh, let's 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 hold off on that for now. Let's fix that rash first. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Thank Dr. you, Michael. Over. See you, buddy. All right, boys. Bye, bye. You ready, Herbie? Yep. Okay. Truth, justice, and the Souterrain. This uh, news update brought to you by Seafoam. Who's got a Seafoam story? Because I have one. Rook? Um, I don't have a Seafoam story, but I was poking around their website, and I was just looking at, they say it's the can for every engine. Okay. Cleans fuel injector and carburetor passageways. Cleans intake valve and chamber deposits. Lubricates upper cylinders. Works in crankcase oil to liquefy harmful residue and deposits. Stabilizes gas and diesel fuels up to two years for any gas or diesel fuel blend for all motor oils, conventional and synthetic. I need I need a GLer to email me on the correct use of seafoam in the crankcase because I've not done it yet and I think I want to. Well, yesterday... I yeah. went, I was at my quick trip, New Prague quick trip, on my way to my ball game, and I grabbed a can uh, off the shelf. Because you can get it anywhere. Right, because I put it in the, uh, in the in the crap can, and yep. the guy next to me goes, what that? And I said, well, it's it's seafoam. It helps, you know, with your engine and gas mileage. And I, he goes, and he went and bought one, seriously, oh. yesterday afternoon. I need, I need some guidance from a mechanic to write I've me. never done the crankcase, though. I've I, I, Kenny has. I want to. Well, I look at all that stuff and all those uh, points, and I don't understand what any of that is. But what I do understand, <laughs> in its simplest terms, yeah. in a world of bad gas, yeah. seafoam is the answer. That's it. Here's Johnny Height. There you go. Thank you. I, uh, lots of, well, not lots of, but a couple of stories that are, are just happening as we record this. So we have found out that Attorney General Merrick Garland will make a statement 
at one thirty our time, Ooh. given the events of the week. Bum, Who bum, knows what wow. we'll yeah. talk about. Of course, by the time anybody listens to this, he'll have made the statement, and it'll be news. So, but yeah, uh, especially guess, if our podcast gets posted late, like it did yesterday. Oh, <laughs> will you call me when that happens? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you get a call yesterday, Christy? Sure did, John. No. I was yeah, getting I figured, emails yeah. from people who said, can't you at least tell us where you're going to take a day off? We're, we didn't take a day off yesterday. We uh, <laughs> we are at the mercy of our podcast platform at times. Bleep them! Well. Okay. I'll, let's, let's, then wait, let's not... John? Let's not tell Joe about mine and Dylan... Uh, Dylan. Mine and Rook's story about uh, talking to people yesterday who didn't know we were still a show. Okay, okay go ahead, Chris. Yes. Go. Joe? Okay. Noted. Yeah. Copy. Oh. Copy. <laughs> Post the show podcast one. Yes, please do that. And an armed person tried to breach the FBI building in Cincinnati, Ohio this morning before fleeing in what the FBI is calling a critical incident. Clinton County Emergency Management Agency said in a statement, law enforcement has traded shots with a male suspect who's wearing a gray shirt and body armor. At the time of the shooting, they urged people nearby to stay inside and lock their doors. An armed man flashing an AR-15-style rifle first fired a nail gun into the building. Authorities shut down two highways and imposed an area lockdown trying to find the man. That would be Interstate 71 that they shut down. Details of motive, of course, at this point unclear because the man has not been caught. The FBI has been the subject of online threats since it searched former President Trump's Florida state this week to probe whether he illegally removed records from the White House as he was leaving office. A report of shots fired led to a pursuit, crash, and two people being arrested yesterday in Anoka County. The Anoka County Sheriff's Office said deputies responded to a report of shots fired toward motorcyclists near Lexington Avenue and Constance Boulevard that in the Jeez. Ham Lake area at about a quarter to two. A short time later, deputies, along with Blaine and Coon Rapids police officers, found the suspect vehicle, a BMW sedan, trying to stop it. However, it fled. A pursuit was initiated. The sheriff's office says during the pursuit, the BMW drove the wrong way on State Highway 65 and U.S. Highway 10. Eventually, it hit a sheriff's office squad car and crashed into a tree near Jefferson Street Northeast and 91st Avenue in Blaine. Male driver and female passenger taken into custody, passenger taken to a hospital for treatment of minor injuries. Authorities say luckily none of the motorcyclists were injured, nor was the deputy driving the squad that was hit by the BMW. The investigation remains active. Latest reports from the U.S. Drought Monitor shows a slight improvement on conditions in Minnesota and Wisconsin since last week. According to the report, 2.87% of Minnesota is listed as being in a severe drought. That's down from a little over 4% last week. In addition, moderate drought conditions increased from uh, decreased excuse me, from 13.83% to 11.29%. Abnormally dry conditions went from 34 to 28%. That latest report includes rainfall that fell across the state last weekend. A Corcoran man with an extensive record of speeding charges accused of driving nearly 96 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour zone moments before a fatal crash this spring in Plymouth now faces a felony charge. Court records show 44-year-old Christopher Lee Keyes is charged with one count of criminal vehicular homicide in connection with the May 6th death of 75-year-old Sandra Wetterland of Ramsey. A criminal complaint says Keyes had crashed a Lexus sedan into a Hyundai at the intersection of 38th Avenue and County Road 101. The Hyundai had suffered severe passenger side damage, was pressed against a townhome. Keyes told officers the Hyundai had turned in front of him in the intersection. Witnesses say Keyes was going about 
100 miles an hour in a 45 before the crash almost hit several other cars while passing them. Prosecutors say Keyes had seven speeding convictions since November 2019. The latest conviction came on June 3rd, less than a month after the crash that resulted in Wetterland's death. Furthermore, Keyes had a revoked license at the time of the crash. He has posted after these new charges $150,000 bail. Wow. Satellite images show devastation at a Russian airfield in occupied Crimea in the aftermath of an attack Tuesday when as many as 13 warplanes were wrecked. The specifics of the attack remain unclear. Ukraine has avoided taking responsibility, although its Air Force on Thursday did post a jubilant image of the destroyed planes. Russia has maintained the damage was due just to an accident, not an attack, and didn't destroy anything significant, a claim contradicted by imagery from several sources, including satellite photos that clearly show the destruction. As well as the aircraft, at least three buildings appeared destroyed at the Saki Naval Air Base in Crimea, the peninsula which Russia seized from Ukraine in 2014. Satellite images from Planet Labs give a before and after picture of that area. Nothing Russia says can be believed. They are like the Chinese. They're just you just can't believe anything they say. You know what they're not, Joe? They are not trustworthy. Nope. <laughs> the Justice Department <laughs> got to go out on a limb, Chris. Thanks. The Justice Department has charged a member of Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps on Wednesday with planning to assassinate John Bolton. Bolton, remember, was serving as the national security advisor for a while to President Trump. Uh, They were going to kill him, apparently, as payback for the killing of a senior Iranian official. The charging document filed in federal court read somewhat like an international espionage novel, but the scheme, had it been carried out, would have resulted in the murder of a prominent American critic of the government in Tehran, and the plot's disclosure has further jolted an already shaky relationship between the U.S. and Iran. The plan was foiled by a confidential federal informant who posed as a would-be assassin. But the court documents suggest a chilling level of sophistication in the planning. At one point, an operative in Tehran provided details of Bolton's movements. Those movements could not have been known through public sources. We're trying to figure out how they knew about them. The accused plotter is 45-year-old Sharam Porsafi. He's not in custody, remains at large, presumably in Iran, according to U.S. officials. In October 2021, prosecutors say Portsafi, a revolutionary guardsman who lives in Tehran, reached out to an unnamed resident of the U.S. with a seemingly innocent request. Would the person be willing to track down Bolton and take a few pictures of him for a book he was writing? It was a ruse, of course. Portsafi was working on behalf of his government to recruit a network to murder Bolton. On the economic front, the number of Americans who signed up for unemployment benefits rose last week to the highest level since November, though the financial experts say the U.S. job market continues to show signs of strength. Applications for jobless aid climbed by 14,000 to 262,000. The four-week average for claims, which smooths out weekly ups and downs, rose by 4,500, the highest since November. The Labor Department reported last week that U.S. employers added 528,000 jobs last month, more than double what forecasters had expected. Economists say the economic picture right now is a bit jumbled with mixed signals of what could happen. Higher borrowing costs have taken a toll. The economy contracted in the first half of the year. That's one rule of thumb for the onset of a recession. But they say the strength of the job market is inconsistent with an economic downturn. Gas prices dipping to just under four bucks for the first time in more than five months. 
Triple A. See, you're one of the national. saps that falls for this BS. <laughs> Take it, Biden. Go, Joe. See your conditions. Triple Go, Joe. Still, it's still too expensive. Still, way too expensive. Triple A said the national average for a gallon of regular was three ninety nine uh, this morning. Prices have dropped fifteen cents in the past week, sixty eight cents in the last month, according to Triple A. And Wall, uh, Wall Street rallying again this morning after another encouraging dose of data showed inflation cooling last month. The S&P 500 1% higher following a report showing inflation at the wholesale level slowed more than economists expected in July. Former President Trump could lose what's being called the crown jewels of his corporate empire if New York Attorney General Letitia James moves to invoke New York's corporate death penalty against the Trump organization. That according to a new report from the magazine Business Insider. On Wednesday, yesterday, Trump announced he would refuse to answer questions in James' civil investigation into the company. He pleaded the fifth over 400 times during a five-hour deposition. The investigation focused on whether the Trump organization essentially kept two sets of books, allegedly with lowball values to avoid taxes while highballing values to secure loans. Uh, Business Insider reported in the coming weeks or even days, the AG is expected to file a massive, long-threatened enforcement action, essentially a multi-hundred-page lawsuit against the Trumps and his businesses. The publication interviewed Tristan Snell, who successfully shut down Trump University under the state's corporate death penalty law. On Twitter, Snell explained why it was important for the investigation to talk to Trump and have him take the Fifth Amendment. Snell said it's a civil case, so the court can draw the inference of liability. In a civil case, pleading the Fifth is effectively a confession, according to Snell. Is this the reason that uh, there's 87,000 IRS agents to specifically exclusively work on this for president trump yes okay um i'm not a lawyer but i play one on the podcast oh. <laughs> um isn't that again i'm not excusing or what but him pleading the fifth this many times isn't that just strategy isn't that what he probably should I think do? john just said that. well that's what i'm guess getting at but a lot of people are making a big deal of that yeah hey you uh well, you hit a home run with your earlier comment with the deal, so I think you should be signing. Should I sit the rest, the rest of the yeah, plays just out? Should just sit the rest of the plays out. We do have video, by the way, of a protester outside of Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we should. Uh, I think we should hear from what this. What are they man. doing? Is this unprecedented to arrest a former president for not well, turning in documents? A former president that had committed this many provable criminal acts. But what are the provable criminal acts? I guess. <sighs> provable criminal acts. Well. I'm just, I, I, I'm done talking. Okay, thank you. He's done talking. I'm done talking. Uh, Thank you. By the way, he's got the giant sign, you know. I'm I'm done talking. Well, you didn't really say anything. Right. Carrie Lake has won the Arizona Republican Party nomination for governor. She said she'd like to get the endorsement of former Arizona Republican Governor Jan Brewer, but at the moment that seems unlikely. In an interview with the New York Times, Brewer said that Lake would need to come clean about her false claims she made about the 2020 election in Arizona. Lake has repeatedly assailed as illegitimate, also the election that is, while also implicating the state's Republicans for certifying its results. Brewer said, I want her to tell me... She did all of this because she wanted to win, and it got a little bit out of control. Brewer also expressed skepticism that Lake can do enough to pivot from appealing to hardcore Trump voters to winning over swing voters in the state that's been trending blue. Uh, She said she went so far to the right that I don't know if she can recover. Arizona Republicans this year have nominated a trifecta of election deniers to run in the fall's election. The extreme heat in Switzerland... 
not do to us. How like, hot is it? <laughs> it's so hot. Wait, it's how? melting gl- glaciers at such a rate that wreckage from a plane crash more than 50 years ago and human remains are being discovered. Hmm. Remnants of the aircraft. Like a caveman flying? Is that what you're I'm picturing, not, right? Not quite. We don't, know how old the, we don't know how old the corpses are. Ah, Got it. Dude. Well, we will in just a moment when I read that. Oh. Remnants of the aircraft <laughs> from 1968. There you go. Were discovered in the Swiss Alps last week. Well, at least two skeletons have been found separately. The plane pieces were discovered on the Aletsch Glacier in Wallace Canton near the Jungfrau and Monk Mountain Peaks. Investigations have determined that the parts were from the wreckage of a Piper Cherokee, which crashed at the location on June 30th, 1968. The regional newspaper there said that a teacher, chief medical officer, and his son, who were all from Zurich, were on board, and their bodies were discovered at the time. It also reported a mountain guide discovered the wreckage after hiking routes around the area were changed to account for melting snow and ice. Explaining why the wreckage was not found with the bodies 54 years ago police said at the time of the accident the technical means to recover aircraft wreckage and difficult terrain were limited due to the melting of the glacier particularly the summer it's therefore possible that other pieces or pieces of wreckage could be released from the ice it's just supposed to be a climate change story Th- that Probably. was not uh, mentioned in the story. That's the first thing oh, I looked okay. for, and it right. did not say anything about it. Right. Isn't it terrible change, how, how so. pessimistic we are, and we immediately think that's going to happen yeah. or be in the story? Yeah. Not sure why I'm thinking of this. Did we ever find the plane that just vanished, that disappeared no. from a few years ago? No. Okay. Yeah. The uh, uh, Malaysian flight. Malaysian, thank you. No, this is the one where the. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah. It was. What was his name? Michael Douglas mm-hmm. and uh, Kathleen oh, no. Turner. They stumbled upon that in the jungle. Sure. The Flyboys, where sure. they had whiskey and uh, yeah. and doping. Mm-hmm. That was they uh, found that. You that don't remember a, that? That was, a, that was a movie, I think. Romancing right? the Stone. Sure. That's what it was. I Romancing the Stone. The Danny DeVito was. played a great. Look at them snappers. In Georgia, quality. Film. <laughs> you know what's so sad? I know how to bait him to the point yeah, where he's going to irritate the mayor. <laughs> I think I think we're lost, Joe. Yeah, Joe either he's died down for the or count. sleeping. All he got. Yeah. He's down for the All count. All he's got. All he doesn't got. Um, Upson County Sheriff's deputies in Georgia. You guys seen those? I actually own one. It works quite well. The the massagers with the little balls on oh, the end that look like yes. like guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I like sure. those. I really like those sure. with the little balls on the end. Yep. Yeah, I Upson County Sheriff's deputies said a handheld <laughs> massager. A handheld, yes, John? Yes. Massager that resembled a gun prompted a lockdown at all schools in Upson County. Deputies reported the incident occurred this Tuesday around 11.50 in the morning when a parent dialed 911 saying their child saw another student with a handgun while in the boys' restroom at the school. Authorities were able to identify school staff, which caused the entire, uh, notify, excuse me, school staff, which caused the entire school district to be placed on lockdown. The Thomas and Upson County officials said... Through investigation, it was found the male student had a handheld massager that resembled a handgun. Ah, he just had it in his pocket. All huh? joking aside, those things oh, okay. are spectacular. For what? I would, it, I would agree. I really Sports don't know injuries, what it is. muscle what is, injury. It's for it, real. So if you have a pulled hamstring or okay. whatever, you use that for what, John? Five minutes? And it, it yeah. really, really what helps. What size is it? I can't picture it in my mind. Picture eye. a drill. It's, picture a drill. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Except for a, a you know, a... a 
at the, the end of it. Drill with balls on the end of it. Hey, who it comes want with that? Diff- there's different. Well, there's different size attachments. That right. You can use different size balls. Uh, depending on what you're into. Depending on what you're into. Okay. You can get rookie. on what's injured. What was the third grader into? Billy, come on out of there. No, it's a uh, massager. It's a uh, medical device. They're ah, about a hundred okay. hundred bucks, John. I think I spent on mine. Yeah, I think that's what we. But it's it's completely worth it. It's, and when you go into the store, you have to really know where they are right away. Well, but if you have, say, you have back pain, okay. that's what. I, and I have that's, that's I have what I used neck for, pain yep. too, and that you know you obviously you have to have somebody else do it. But I just have the wife do it for five minutes. Bing, bang, boom, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Right. That's fantastic. It's about the only time she wants and, to touch me. <laughs> Jesus, rookie. And <laughs> I'm better now. And finally, you see these stories occasionally when you collect news. A Florida woman is facing a domestic assault charge for allegedly throwing a raw steak at her partner. That'll happen, John. Come on. That'll it, happen. It happens all the time in That's the news. That's food abuse. Police say 42-year-old Rochelle Wright and the male victim were involved in a verbal argument and were, of course, intoxicated when the uncooked meat went airborne. Wright and the man have been living together for 20 years. According to a criminal complaint, Wright became angry at the victim while he was seated in a chair inside the family's home in a Tampa suburb. Wright then picked up the steak and threw it at the victim. However, the meat missed its mark. Instead, the steak struck the victim's chair and a nearby wall. When questioned by police, Wright reportedly copped to the meat flinging, say she was tired of his behavior and their arguing. You Wright know, we get a lot of our uh, memorable stories like that from Florida, but nothing will yeah, still we, top we the uh, the, the guy trying aid. to to light the hearing. Yes, aid. that yeah, was thinking it was that, a that remind us because he was well, going. Don't you to, have it there somewhere? He was going to. Yeah, I, hang on. John, no, John keeps that on the file. Oh, I, I got thought, it right no, at but the I ready. wanted the audio of it. No, no, we don't do it. We don't have the audio. John keeps the it in the file, closet. and then we read. We uh, look at him. He's in a closet. It's now. almost like we replay the hits. Grab the massager for me. Now he's bringing out a briefcase. Got it right here. Because if I remember correctly, he was off to get the wife something she from need, the convenience store. Well, she had store. a bad day at the dentist, and she needed the smokes. She needed. Well, no, I think she, he was going to get her an ice cream cone. I thought it was smokes. I, Maybe I smokes. Think, uh, Joe's right. It was around 8.50 on a Tuesday. There we go. And David Wagner tried to light his hearing aid with a lighter, That's apparently right. mistaking it for a cigarette. The 53-year-old Wagner, who in the picture that goes with the story looks older than all of us, yeah. was behind behind the wheel of a Saturn in the Jensen Beach area after a Martin County Sheriff's Office smelled, uh, deputy smelled alcohol and called another deputy to finish <laughs> up a DUI investigation. Yep. That deputy approached. Wagner was still in the driver's seat. The uh, affidavit states he was trying to light one of his hearing aids oh. with a lighter. Yep. I noticed, I noticed there was another hearing aid in his lap. Wagner told the officer he was trying to light the cigarette. I told him he was trying to light his hearing aid. At that point, he stopped. Huh? Note, noting, the strong odor, <laughs> noting the strong odor of alcohol, the deputy asked Wagner whether he'd been imbibing, and he said he had. In fact, Wagner said he'd had, quote, way too much, about half a bottle of Jägermeister. Oh, oh my God. Good I Lord. forgot it was Jägermeister. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Wagner said he went to get a chocolate milkshake yeah. for his wife. Uh, you were right. She, she, the runway? Yeah. No, she had the bad dental day, John. She, her, yep. Man, you got a memory yeah, like I do. a steel yeah, trap. Her bottom teeth had been removed earlier in the day. <laughs> <laughs> the affidavit said yeah. he said he tried to get the milkshake, but he couldn't get out of the park and returned home. Oh, no, he's lost. Now, 
Uh, yeah, and plus, uh, to make it even worse, Wagner had a brace on, said he had a broken foot. Right. In fact, he almost fell while talking to police. Yep. I asked him if his swaying was due to his injured foot or his intoxication. He smiled and said, both. Both. <laughs> <laughs> a breath test showed Wagner's blood alcohol content greater than three times oh. the legal limit. He was arrested on a... In that part of the story, what was he driving? Was he driving a vehicle? A Saturn. It was a A Saturn. Saturn. Okay, it wasn't a a golf cart or something weird. Yeah. No. No. Oh man, I'd have to check on Mister Wagner. And Ma never did get her milkshake. Well, she had the bad child teeth back. Yeah. In fact, that's the last thing the affidavit doesn't state whether the woman ever got her milkshake. Although she told the deputy a neighbor could help her and that she'd picture Ma too. She's just sitting there yeah. with the bad mom. I got she's, bad she's staring bad at the situation. door. Where is he? Yeah. Where is he? He should be back by now. <laughs> Beach, Florida. How would she have? Uh, how would she have talked, Rook? She would have talked like this. And there would have been a lot of lip smacking, like, <laughs> "Where's Darren? You yeah, haven't back yet. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Oh, I'm waiting right here oh. on the porch." Okay. okay then. Uh, yep. Just a mess. Uh, just a mess. John, thank you. Johnny, thank you. Say, go ahead. No, no, you, you, you please, please. It's your no, you show. Well, no, all summer long we've been saying there's only one Ridge. place to escape this, and that's Giants Ridge. Do you need teeth to golf at Giants Ridge? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, <laughs> right. because of great dining. That's a good point. There's great dining. Hell yeah. But most principally, great golf. The legend and the quarry at Giants Ridge are. The greatest value in Minnesota golf. There's a 37-hole special right now that's played the legend in the quarry. 36 holes of Minnesota's best golf through August 29 for one great rate, including lunch on them between rounds at the Wakuda Grill, one of the finest and most peaceful overlooks in all of northern Minnesota. They'll put together a tournament for your buddies or your family. They have group rates. You can view the 3D course flyovers of the legend and the quarry at GiantsRidge.com. And we're hoping, we're thinking, tank up and a tank back. I'm pretty sure of that. Tank up and a tank back. If it's a family vacation destination, there's nearby water recreation, biking, hiking, the newest and largest lift-serve mountain bike park in the Midwest. Dining, that's where you need the teeth. There you go. Dining, lodging, (laughs) and much more. Book your tea times online at GiantsRidge.com. Or by calling Giants Ridge at 218-865-8030. DK Mags is a full-service gun shop in New Brighton and on the web at dkmags.com. We all know responsible gun owners always lock up their firearms, and DK Mags has all varieties of gun locks to keep those firearms safe and inaccessible or inoperable to those who shouldn't touch them. DK Mags, they buy unwanted firearms from individuals and estates, so keep that in mind if you're thinking about thinning the collection. DK Mags also offers storage options for firearms if you need that. Uh, option. DK Mags 443 Old 8 in New Brighton. Uh, They have a wonderful staff and a great selection. Very fair prices. Check out the other location, Monticello Pawn and Gun. You'll find electronics, tools, and a variety of crazy and unusual items. Monticello Pawn and Gun, they're hiring right now, so give them a call if you need a gig. 763-295-6955 or stop in, shop, or fill out an application. 1219 Highway 25 South in Monticello. You 
cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. I think John has an update for us. I do. Uh, I, I got interested, Mr. Wagner. That story's from 2011, believe it or not. We've had Are it you long. kidding me? No. Nope. Wagner's the guy trying to light the hearing aid on fire because he thinks it's a cigarette. Yeah. So I tried to do an update thinking I will find nothing about Mr. Wagner. Right. Well, I did find something about Mr. Wagner. In 2016, he was elected to the town council and boards of Ocean Breeze, Florida. Wow. Which is where Jensen Beach is. He went into politics. And there's a picture of him, luckily, and uh, it's pretty easy to match up the face uh, on the two pictures, even though one's a mugshot and he's a little disheveled. Okay. it's pretty easy. It's got Maybe he turned face. his life around. Yeah. What coast is that yeah. on? Like Bansley. I um, wonder. I, I don't know. I don't know where Jensen Beach is. Here, what is it called, Johnny? I'll look it up quick. Jensen, Jensen Beach. Beach. Jensen. Ocean Breeze is the city. Jensen uh, Wagner, Beach. Ocean Breeze. But when he was elected, by the way, in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, he, say, he was quoted as saying, what's he going to do? He said, just to continue with, you know, the development and to see that it goes smoothly and to its completion to make sure residents are protected. With so many contractors going through properties and new contractors in town, we're going to have quite a population during this building season, people here, and we've got to coexist. So They elected a guy who tried to light a hearing aid as a cigarette. Mark Ocean Breeze, Florida, so looks like she's just north of West Palm Beach, just southeast of Port St. Lucie. I'll be damned. I know where it is then. Boy, it looks like a nice stretch of land there, too. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I see his uh, car, his Saturn retread. Well, I'm glad it turned out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Our friends at the Center of the American Experiment report that on August 2nd, 2022, XL Energy submitted its plan to spend more than $300 million on building 730 electric vehicle charging stations and increasing the use of electric school buses to the Public Utilities Commission. The proposal would force Minnesota families and businesses to pay higher electricity prices to finance the construction and operation of the EV chargers, plus a 10% government-approved profit for XL Energy if the Public Utilities Commission gives XL its blessing. The point of a monopoly electric utility is to provide reliable, affordable electricity to the customers who are forced to buy their power from the company. The point of a monopoly electric utility is not to enforce or enable state targets. That's what they're doing. In this Mm. regard, XL Energy probably intentionally missed the memo stating Minnesota has a North Star when it comes to transportation electrification. By 2030, the state targets 30% uh, of all light-duty vehicles to be electric. I, I don't want to pay for you to, to charge your car. Neither That's your I, problem. Right. That's not, not my, my deal. Uh, XL said, even with the gains made to date, the state is not on track to meet its 2030 goal. Will we still be here by 2030? I don't think so. It's close. To meet its 2030 no, goal. No shot. Yeah. By the end of 2022, there is expect. Why, if we're not going to be here, do all these woke green people do this stuff? Well, that's, that's a great question. So we can stay here, right? No, no, we're not going to be here. Oh. <clears throat> even, with the go- even with the gains made to date, the state is not on track to meet its 2030 goals. By the end of 2022, there is expected to be an approximately 34,000 light-duty electric vehicles in Minnesota, amounting uh, for only about 0.7% of the total light-duty population. So to accommodate that, we're going to plant, use 300 million bucks 
charge me for the effort so you can build electric charging stations? See you! We project wow. a need for approximately 8,300 public fast charging ports statewide by 2030 to meet the state's goal, and there are only 92 non-proprietary public fast changing ports or 56 stations today. This means that a tremendous amount of additional investment, execution, and effort is needed for the state to activate its EV target and deliver the benefits to Minnesotans. You're not delivering it to me. Right. God bless you if you want an electric vehicle. They have their advantages. You're on your I, own. I don't want one. I don't want one. I want you to have to pay for my Tesla. I don't want to put little kids in mines. <laughs> you know? I don't want to destroy the earth by mining for the materials needed for the batteries. 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 Yeah. Well, I, there you have it. I mean, you're, you're going to pay for it. So the center goes on to say it's easy to be generous with other people's money, which is exactly what XL is doing in this situation. If XL Energy wishes to build EV charging stations, it should form an unregulated subsidiary company and compete in the marketplace. They should not be allowed to recover costs and a government-approved profit on the backs of captive taxpayers. Shareholders should be exposed to the risk-reward of this venture, not electricity consumers. The problem is XL will always try to change hard work, charge hardworking families for EV infrastructure because they have a powerful financial incentive to do so, which is why legislators should remove this temptation by prohibiting utilities from rate-basing electric vehicle infrastructure. Tesla didn't need a monopoly and government-approved profit to build EV charging stations. Why does XL? That's why you should subscribe to the Center of the American Experiment. And by the way, it's not like the consumer has an option. You know, you move to a new house, you don't get to pick which provider you get for your energy. You I'm a loyal XL customer. Yes, but, but if you had the option, if the, let's say this nonsense gets passed, if they're going to pass the buck to you, it's not like you can say, all right, well, I have XYZ cable or XYZ satellite, I'm mm -hmm. going to switch providers. You don't have the option here. You're forced to use that carrier. Say, my television remote right. control yeah. Thanks, Reeves. in the garage is eating batteries every five days. I'll get a notice on the screen that says your remote batteries need to be changed. Huh. That can't be. Is this a topic? I must have got a bum remote. Can I ask a question? You or, may. Sorry, may I ask a question? Are you... Because you have the little jar with the batteries in it. Yeah. Are you reusing the same ones? These are new batteries. Hmm. And the word is battery, not battery, Patrick. Battery. <laughs> I guess I... Only I, because yeah. they come to us all the way from Mpumaranga, South Africa, from the traveling linemans at WorldwideWaftage.com. It was on this day. Today is August 11th. In 1900. This would have been really cool. All 13 of the cars in Minneapolis, there were 13 cars in Minneapolis in 1900, wow. raced from Hennepin County Courthouse to Wyzetta to demonstrate to the county commissioners the need for better roads. Harry Wilcox arrived in Wyzetta first, making the 12-mile run in how long? Uh, Five hours. Four and a half. Oh, you're way off. Way off. Shorter than that. Two. 
two hours. No, 42 minutes. Oh. What? That's about what it takes on, today. On many roads? <laughs> on whatever the roads was at the time. Huh. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, what is that that goes out there? 312? 394. 394? To 12. Uh, 42 so minutes? Hell, that's what it is today. Yeah. So Harry and the boys made the trip, all 13 of them, huh? Yeah, Harold Wilcox arrived in Wyzetta first, making the 12-mile run in 42 minutes. Harry, welcome. Yeah. Sure, he wasn't ever made fun of. On this day in 1906. That's August 11th. Let's go. The state, I'm sorry, the statue Mississippi, Father of Waters, was unveiled in Minneapolis City Hall. An allegorical representation of the Mississippi River, the statue was carved from a single block of marble by Larkin Goldsmith Mead and weighs 14,000 pounds. Wow. Yow. That's seven tons. That's a lot. That's math. And finally, on this day in 1992. Short list. I know. What opened? The birth date of the Mall of America. The Mall of America opened to a gala ceremony, an unexpected parking crunch, and an estimated 150,000 shoppers who, as the Star Tribune would comment, took a vacation from recession and bought. Standing on what was the site of Metropolitan Stadium, the Mega Mall is the largest in the United States. Was anybody shot? And where most recently we just had... Gunplay okay. at the Nike store. Remember when it was Camp Snoopy and then they had gunshots and it was Camp Shoot Me? Yep. <laughs> is Camp Snoopy still there? Oh my God. That is, uh, Camp Snoopy it's is Nickelodeon not something. It's Nickelodeon or... Universe. That's it. So the, the indoor park is there and they do have good rides. They have attractive rides. The Garmazian family has done a fantastic job of uh, keeping the. Um... Do they still have their hand in the Flying Garmazian Brothers? Yes. In fact, I did their uh, one of their bar mitzvahs. Wax Hands was. Employed by the Garmazian brothers uh, to do a bar mitzvah Did there. Did check bounce? No, he gave me a $100 tip. Really? Uh, aside from what we charged him, he gave me 100 extra dollars. Mm-hmm. What's your Good favorite family. restaurant in the long and storied history of the Mall of America, Rook? I think the Burger King there is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, there was a restaurant there that I'm sad that is no longer there. It was... Um, uh, not Moochie. It was Tucci uh, Benucci. Tucci Benucci. The was, Italian restaurant was, was fabulous. Fantastic. It really I, was. I took. I ain't eating in no shopping mall. No, no, no. No, this is our senior right. prom. The Fairville crew headed up for Tucci oh, Benucci. Wow. Oh, big city. Uh, That's sad. Big city, huh? All, hey. all stops pulled, baby. Yeah. We're going to the mall for our prom dinner. Wow. We're going, there's a tablecloth on here, Mom. In fact, the <laughs> flying meatball, I was wearing my bow tie. Oh, yeah. My nice white. Oh, shoe. no. Flying sure. meatball. No. No. Kerplunk. And just instantly you were wearing polka dots. So then I, in keeping with the theme of Fairville, Minnesota, I just took the shirt off and went coat on with bow tie. That's what you got to do. You know what you did? You um, I improvised. Improvised. Yeah. Thank you, GLers. Joe, you want to hear more about my that. senior prom? I believe Thank you that very story. How did it end up? That's actually very accurate. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't want to talk about that. <laughs> well, let's just say it ended in disappointment. Was okay. your date the woman uh, you're now married to? No. No. Thanks for bringing that up. If you came to prom with expectation, you, you will leave, leave with, with disappointment. disappointment. <laughs> Thank you, Dalai Lama. <laughs> Uh, if you have expectations on other uh, podcasts, well, then you're going to go to Pod MN and find another podcast to listen to. There's many to choose from in the library located at Pod MN. We didn't even issue smartphone. a call me now. Joe's battery is remote. 
Oh, he didn't let us know. Uh, he let us in there, folks. I'm just going to go down and get a different remote. He's got battery issues, and we'll find out. We'll sort it all out next time. Call the battery department. Yes. Hey, by the way, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube, Garage Logic. You can do that. It's a lot of fun, and there is a library there as well where you can be informed and entertained. YouTube, Garage Logic. Subscribe today. This thing better be posted by 2 or 2 7. It is time once again to check in with Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold today and GLers. Now's the time for you to do the same and pick up that phone and make that call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number and you get Josh and you're always going to get straight talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice and Josh is once again on the line with us here in Garage. Logic and today, Josh, you would like to discuss the mouse surprise. How do you like that? The mouse surprise. No, that's not the mouse that's in the garage or the series of mice that might be running around in the garage when you flip on the light at night. No, this is the big mouse. This is the big Mickey Mouse surprise the street in this particular market environment. Disney beat and added subscribers, and right now the stock has been moving up and down and lately more down based on the number of subscribers it has to the Disney Plus app. Disney added 14 million new subscribers and now in total Disney has more subscribers than Netflix uh, by a little over a million. Disney did up its subscription cost on a monthly basis from $7.99 to $10.99 for the non-advertising tier and they're going to add an advertising tier at $7.99. Now this total number of subscribers does include ESPN Plus and Hulu, and between the two of them, they account for a third of the of the subscribers. And Disney looks to continue adding subscribers as time goes on, and that does raise the stakes, we'll say, for Netflix. Netflix has got to spend an awful lot of money for more content, but it does provide some opportunity for the other streaming services, including Comcast, Peacock, and Paramount, we'll say, to take some share from Netflix. And quite frankly, coming into an election season, coming into a heavy-duty sports season and new TV season, I would probably opt more for Paramount than for Disney. That said, Disney saw a nice increase in their parks revenue as people are looking for experiences, and they still have plenty of movies to come. So it was a beat and raise quarter for Disney, and Disney took a nice jump in today's action, even even accounting for some profit-taking off the high. Another nice boost to the market occurred yesterday with a better-than-expected consumer price index report, and then today, a better-than-expected producer price index report, where producer prices fell during the month of June as energy prices accounted for a good chunk of that. Energy prices have dropped from a recent high of 130 down to 90. Still, oil stocks have been 
positive today, kind of re, uh, recovering a little bit as the price of oil will move up. I am of the belief that oil will probably, over the next several months, come down and probably settle somewhere around $85 a barrel. Even at that price, many oil companies can still make some pretty good money, and several have been increasing their dividend payouts. I am not ordinarily an oil and gas investor, as I've had some negative experiences in the sector, but there are still plenty of places to go. One place I would not suggest investing is a recently issued ETF, market symbol Drill, D-R-L-L, has a great marketing slogan, but the stocks in the portfolio are no different than the S&P index, XLE, which has a longer track history in both cases, XLE and DRLL heavily dominated. When I say heavily dominated, talking 45 to 50 percent of the assets are invested in two stocks, Exxon and Chevron. So rather than investing in ETFs, you might be better served either by buying Exxon or Chevron or picking a little more aggressive energy play. Excellent advice once again, Mr. Money Talk. Healers, you heard him. Now is the time for you to dial in for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk in you are never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, a fantastic weekend, and we will talk to you again next week. You got it. Thanks, Chris. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.